the podcast for humble readers I and hope we'll do that again. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> we'll just do it again here. Welcome to Read, Eat, Repeat, the podcast for humble readers and hopeful cooks. I'm Alyssa Warren. And I'm Sally Kaloran. And Very today- professional. <laughs> drinking wine while we do this, so I hope you guys are too. If you're exercising, haha, we're not. <laughs> Um, today we're talking about one of my all-time favourite authors, Geraldine Brooks, and her latest mm. historical fiction epic. It's called Horse. Oh, I can't wait to hear about this now. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. Mm. So it's about a famous uh, racehorse called Lexington. Have you heard of Lexington? No. So he was the most famous American racehorse so ever. So it's a true story? It's a true story. Oh. So, well, the uh, I mean, it's fictional, mm. but it is based on Lexington's life and I believe right. that that is true yeah um and oh, I'll tell you about it in okay. a minute but okay. wow can't fantastic. wait to hear about it I've heard I've seen it on the top of that booktopia um bestseller list already so oh can't wait to it hear is about it. phenomenal yeah great we will also talk about Maggie Dent's latest book it's called Girlhood um Maggie Dent is the champion of boys um and all children really she's a former teacher and counsellor and has written this wonderful new book um she's surveyed many people and spoken to many experts and it's just got such Aww. great insights into girls and women she talks also just about where we're at as mothers and oh great yeah and I where, mean, or maybe where we're not at yeah <laughs> like you should be at <laughs> or, or worse still where you should have been at when your kids were younger <laughs> no but uh she just talks a lot about um how to handle girls even when they're scary which is great I really loved it so I, I have this thing share. with parenting books that I love buying them and mm. then I just put them on the bookshelf and hope that I absorb it through <laughs> yeah, osmosis don't remember anything yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm just like, oh, now that I bought it, I'm already a better parent. Yes, you yes, have to you read are. Because it. it's sat on your TBR, to be read yeah. pile. Yep. Anyway, this book is really good. I really, truly, um, I can't wait to share some of the stuff in here. It's priceless information and oh my real gosh, stuff. Oh, gosh. That's so interesting because I have read Madonna King's latest book, Elle Platers, and it's kind of the same flavor. So she's yeah, interviewed a thousand kids aged 16, 17, and 18 mm-hmm. uh, girls about COVID and life post COVID. Wow. Yep. Um, Madonna King, I don't know, have you read any of her other books? So she's got oh, the I just read um teenager. So good. Yeah. And also I loved being that. 14. Okay. But what I love about her is she's a journalist first and she has done so many like tens of thousands of interviews with girls and teachers and parents mm-hmm. and has collated all this research to um, then talk to experts about these are the trends and what do we do mm-hmm. to help it. I found it really great oh, read great. as well. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about that. Um, I've also road tested some recipes. Ooh. There's a great new book out called Taste of Tibet. You've probably seen it out and about if you like to go into bookshops and fantasize about buying the really expensive cookbooks. Well, this one I have read and tested a couple of recipes. Have you? See, I've and it's really good. I've read it because you lent it to me. Yeah, but you didn't cook any of the recipes. I think no. you were a bit busy when I lent it to you because you were meant to do that last time. And I, then did, I was. Um, I did read it though because yeah. I love how a lot of cookbooks these days have so much of the story of the people behind yeah. the book. It's all about I'm family. So that. It's easy stuff. It's not expensive food and there's a really lovely um, – it's got these lovely foundations of simplicity about it. 
it's beautiful. Oh. I can't wait to tell you about what we made and, yeah, what we ate and just a couple of those beautiful um, Tibetan rituals that they do, which oh. I'd love to do in my own family. Probably won't because I live in Sydney. And um, also talk about two uh, um, great Australian migrant women this week, Elizabeth MacArthur from basically um, 1788 pretty much came out to Australia and was married to John MacArthur who was the pioneer yeah. of the Australian wool industry. But look. Known as a massive bully. Yeah, and to be honest, he spent half the bloody time in London and she ran the whole thing. Yeah. Like she's, she's the an legend. incredible woman. Yes. Yeah. So I read her book, uh, A Room of Made of Leaves. I yeah. So she, so Kate Grenville who wrote, anyway, let's get into it in a minute. We're okay. going to talk about that. That'll be amazing. Um, and I'm also going to discuss the book, uh, another book that I read last week by Catherine Mahoney who um, has recently divorced, or not re- recently enough, divorced from famous footy legend Andrew Joey Johns. And she talks very candidly about life post-divorce with a child. And she's funny, it's warm, it's really sad, but it's really real and it's a great gift and I can't wait to oh, debrief cool. on a couple of things. Did she just that. have one kid? Yeah, yeah. So, um, gosh, what a journey. Okay, it is. cool. Tell us, how have you been though? How has the oh last month been? Oh my gosh, it been? feels like so long since we I last know, spoke. It has. It's just really um, revved up a notch. And I feel like we've just finished the longest term in school history ever. Do you yeah. feel like that? But I feel like I say that at the end of every time oh, at the moment. Oh, I just feel like Especially this one has COVID. Gone on. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I turned 40 this month. Mm, happy birthday. Yeah, it was so good. It was mm. really fun. Mm. Uh, I was really fabulous. I ha- really enjoyed turning 40 which I wasn't actually excited about it at all mm. but then I had to put my dog down Cabernet which Cabby. has just been so sad I've mm. been so sad and so like I knew I'd be sad but I didn't realize I'd be this sad because she mm. was kind of like my soulmate. How old was she? She was 14 almost 15. Mm. And a Porter Collie such a beautiful yeah. loyal dog. Yeah. She loved you. She was you. just always around yeah. and so it's been hard to readjust. When to do her. you think you feel the saddest? When I'm at home mm. um, just because she was always there and she was at such a presence mm. and so I've taken to not being at home as much because it's oh, just so yeah. feels so lonely or lying on the floor and crying. It's really oh. quite pathetic. But anyway, do you keep any of her things? Like, do you still have a dog bed there in the? Yeah, well, Clover's taken oh, that over. Right. New, uh, dog, our new dog, the dog, the Kelpie, and she's a pest. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a poppy. She's a teenager in dog years. Um, no, she's gorgeous, but she is just a pup. So we're yeah. still kind of working things out. Um, no, I've got her ashes next to my bed. Oh, Cabernet's Sal. ashes. I know. <laughs> Because what are you going to do with they them? They were well. The theory was to spread them, but I'm just going to keep them for mm. a bit. Oh my gosh, people yeah. are listening, going, "What? Just get over your bloody dog!" <laughs> no, um, it's sad. She was such a loyal me companion. In another way as well, because I couldn't read anything because mm. I was so sad. Mm. But I want to ask: mm. Is watching a um, series that's mm. quite violent in oh. another mm. language does that count as reading? If no, you've got I think subtitles, I would call that like consolation you know I think you're going mm. through the stages of grief I know. <laughs> but I'm not like binge watching trash I what feel like where do you find reading? these programs oh so they find me oh 
I'm sure they do. I think my network have my quite the avatar. Um, yeah, 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 we'd, we'd be very like confused. Strange psycho <laughs> killers in another language. But there's this show called Fauda, F A U D A, which is about the Israeli Gaza conflict, right. um, the Palestinians. Oh my God, it's so good. So Fauda means chaos, mm. and it is just so great. And actually, the people in it aren't actors; they're actually from the special forces. Oh. I think it's I like read a that real somewhere. life. Yeah. Oh, I see. And a second screening budget, it, you're like on your phone. Really cool. Reading yeah, all about yeah, it. Yeah, you totally like watch. Second it. screening. Yeah, second screening. I didn't even know that's what it was called. Yeah, that's a thing. Like to watch, to binge a show. Or not even binge a show, but like to watch a show and, and then, then be on your phone. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah, really am. I actually feel like I'm learning a lot. Yeah, I did that a lot with The Crown. Oh, like same. I watched The Crown. I was like, the pollution or whatever that thing was and like did yeah, so-and-so really was, have an affair with so-and-so? I was so-and-so? just like, is Prince Philip such a, a real dick? Yes, that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Bureau is another one that's a French. Okay, so Fauna, yeah, the that, Bureau. Yep, the Perfect Mother is also French. Where where do you see these shows? They find me. What do I you mean? I literally go Netflix on to Netflix or, and it right, goes, Netflix. this is a 98% match Oh. <laughs> Oh shit! You need to get some Paw Patrol on that on that avatar, <laughs> know, my friend. Just dial um, it down a notch. And then I've also been obsessed with listening to the Teachers' Trial. Did you ever listen to the Teachers' Pet podcast? Oh, I didn't know there's another one. Oh. Yeah. So Chris Dawson. So it was about the murder of um, Lynette well, Dawson. Alleged. Yes. Alleged. Sorry. Alleged. Mm. What is anyone? Good. <laughs> no one just cares. In case here. someone sues us, so we're amongst friends. The alleged killer of um, Lynette. Dawson, mm. she, who disappeared when she had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm. And in Sydney's Northern Beaches. Yeah, but the teacher's trial is amazing because it recaps the teacher's pet. Oh, right. And then it goes day by day what's happened in the trial oh. in the courthouse during during the week. Oh, okay. Is that through the Australian? Yeah, it is. Oh, good on them. Yeah. And oh, yeah, Harvey Norman. Right. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Harvey Norman's vlogging through oh, that thing. Yes. What about you, Liz? How was your last month? Well, we have just, like so many people, God, we've had some flus and oh, bloody yeah. colds and, God, we've just had it ripped through. In fact, like we were joking, one of my kids had an ear infection topped with a chaser of a gastro. Oh, like it's just gastro. been a shocker. We've just had everything through our house. So, um, yeah, we've just had one of those terms. But lots of seaside, lots of slow cooker action in my mm. house. I love a bit of slow cooker. Anyway, love I've got a good it. slow cooker recipe So do I. In fact, Matt said, yeah. which I'm like, whatever, get yeah. your hand off it. Yeah, He's like. This is the best meal you have ever cooked for me. Oh, same. The one I made, everyone was like, can you cook this again? Oh. They don't often say that. They don't. Like, yeah. Okay. We um, so let's um, let's move into porn. horse. Tell us about this new book because so, so many people listening wouldn't have read this book because it is so new. Is it even out yet? Yeah, it is out. Oh, okay. I think. Well, I haven't read it and I really look forward to hearing about it. So anyway, I'm with you, listener friends and family. So um, I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, you can also Google the horse Lexington. Lexington oh, okay. And it's set and in the, the end. There's, I don't want to There's know. three main time periods where it's set. Okay. So it's set in the 1850s. The 1950s and then um, 2019. Okay. So, right, so it goes through time. Didn't this happen to you with that cloud cuckoo? Yeah, I feel a like bit. And also in Geraldine Brooks um, has read, has written another book called People of the Book. Loved People of the Book. And that is 
also yeah. has like the current day mm. interspersed with the past. I would say that it is one of my favourite books, people. Oh, I love Did you love well. this as much? I think I love this even more. Mm. She's just so clever in how she uses the storyline, which is so compelling about this racehorse Lexington, who I'd never heard of, mm. the greatest uh, racehorse ever in America. Do you know Farlop was a New Zealand horse? Oh, no. Yeah, me neither. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, and <laughs> anyway, that's a bit of, bit of research. A fun fact. That'll come fun in handy fact. at pub trivia. Not American. Yeah. I thought Farlop was from the UK Didn't anyway not his Kiwi course anyway yeah. you tell me tell me about this book so it's set in three different time zones uh and the main story is about this horse Lexington who she discovered through a painting that she saw Geraldine Brooks mm. um so there's also a painting that runs through it oh my I God. feel like you've sent the horse Lexington about a million times I'm <laughs> across his first horse was was called Darley <laughs> But people don't know about this race. No, well, I, didn't anyway. I didn't know either. Anyway, so the main story is actually about slavery because right. it's set in pre-Civil War, although the Civil War kind of comes at the end of it. Um, Sorry, and my phone. <laughs> oh, Siri. Sorry. So it is by, there's this slave called Jarrett who's owned by three different people, so he's sold throughout. And it is the rise of the... <laughs> Um, the Civil War, and then also it's juxtaposed with the present day because <laughs> slavery is not something to laugh at. I'm not laughing at that. Sorry, it was just my phone. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm laughing at. I, feel like I just feel just like started. it's the end of term and I'm just... <laughs> I feel like you're I'm not at the end. I've I'm read not. 400 pages. <laughs> Let me talk about it. Just to be honest, I have texted Sal a number of times and been like, when are we doing this podcast? And I'm like, I need to finish I'm this book. finish the bloody book. I finished it last okay, night. Okay, good. So Tell I almost feel like I haven't had enough okay, sorry. time. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, that was rude. I didn't mean to be laughing. I just, it was it's just funny. like, well, look. Um, full disclosure, it is the last day of term and we are. We've had a little bit of wine. Yeah, we've had a wine and we're just, you know, hanging out. Okay, let me anyway, start yeah, again. Good. Okay, sorry. Horse is incredible. You should go out and buy it. You should run and buy it. It's one of the best books I've ever read. So she's so amazing because she juxtaposes slavery with just some I like this of overt racism with some casual racism that happens. So there's this girl called, in 2019, there's a girl called Jess and she just sees, she's really proud of this bike that she owns and she sees a black guy fiddling with the, the lock on her bike so she automatically accuses him of theft. Uh, and it's set kind of as the George Floyd drama is going on oh. and that really escalates throughout the book as well. So it shows that... Racism was terrible in the 1850s, but has a lot changed? Maybe not. Um, it's really interesting and thought-provoking. She also touches on animal cruelty, uh, profiteering, sometimes, feminism, science. Sometimes some of those issues now, when you reflect on what they were oh. and what they are now, it actually makes it seem so much worse now. Because it's not like we haven't moved. It's like we've moved in a much more terrible tragic way yeah absolutely mm. and it really boils down to the last chapter because mm. I kind of thought 
at the end I'm like I know what happens I know these racehorses died because it's also in the current day where they find his skeleton which has been kind of lost in an attic and they put together so they're really looking at the horse and what made it become a champion which is so interesting Mm. in itself Um, and then there's also a theme of these paintings that are um, painted by this artist who didn't ever quite make it he was kind of homeless throughout he's got a lovely story and then the art collectors that discover his art and Mm. go into that I love reading about art Mm, it has kind of a little bit of goldfinch do you love that like just about the painters Jackson Pollock is involved in it um yeah so he's the boyfriend of oh yeah oh wow Somebody. it's really interesting it is so interesting it's so relevant too and so yeah, yeah. important and to know those things to be interested in that makes you such an interesting person doesn't it and oh yeah, yeah. and then Geraldine Brooks as well like I'm not that interested in horses but I have a daughter who is this. absolutely obsessed so <laughs> bloody watch I'm sorry it's been embarrassing um but Geraldine Brooks apparently fell in love with horses at the age of 50. That's when she had her oh, four, right. first riding lesson. What does, what's the go with her? She's Australian, isn't she? She's an Australian journalist. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's an Australian journalist but she lives in the US. Right. Uh, and so yeah. a lot of her, so what is She's she? She's a beautiful writer. She was born in Australia and in Sydney's western suburbs and she worked for the Sydney Morning Herald and then she's won a oh, shitload right. so of she's awards. she's a journo who yeah. became a writer. Hmm. Yeah, could be you. Could be you. <laughs> um, then also she loved, the other books that I loved was Caleb's Crossing. Did you ever read that? No, but oh. I'd heard, read so much about that. And and also yeah, I would love um, to read The Year that. of Wonders. Mm. Anyway, I, re- I can't recommend this book more highly. Oh, every great. T- I feel oh, like I every time I do it. a podcast, I'm like, this is the best book I've read all year, but yeah. this actually is. Yeah. And do you have also- to be in, into horses? No. Mm, well, that's important. Well, because I am pretty terrified of horses, if I have to admit that on air, I feel like but... when I see horses, I feel like they're looking at me like, I know the shit going down with you. Yeah, Don't you reckon? totally. I feel like they can see right through you. Yeah. Like they're looking at you like a, like a dog looks at you as well and is like, they I don't know what you're up. about. I'm, and I know you don't mean they that. They can sense yeah. your fear. Don't they? Like I'll so, put you outside if you do that again. They're like, I know yeah. you won't. Yeah. They're amazing. Like Soph just has an absolute affinity with horses that oh, I don't Sal's have. daughter. Yeah. yeah. She does, doesn't she? She has a great connection with animals. I think you're born with that. Don't yeah, you think same. it's innate? I just find them really big and a little bit terrifying. And just muscular. Yeah. That amount of muscle is a bit. Especially this racehorse. Mm. Anyway, the food in the book. Oh, tell me. I'm going to. You're talking about something called pone? Yeah. So Tell me. I'm going to read this out. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so Jarrett, who's the name of the slave, he went to the hearth. There was a pot of creamy beans on the on the crane and a fresh skillet of corn pone on the spider. Jarrett ladled out a brimming bowl and ate ravenously, mopping the dish clean with a heel of pone. Oh, that sounds. Do you know what that is? Crunchy. Do you know what any of that is? A heel of a pony. Heel of pone. Pony. Pone. I don't know. What is it? You no. Me. So it's a cake. It's a corn cake. Oh. Like a cake of corn that then they oh. kind of use to. Hey, you know what? That's quite similar to the, um, you know, when we did the crawdads and yeah. you made the. The polenta, the grits. Grits. Yeah. That's what that must be. So that's same time. in the south as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I actually then, because it's actually set in Kentucky. Mm. 
So I've been researching um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Mm -hmm. which is not Mm. actually KFC, but there is an amazing recipe on. Would be. Do you ever look at Recipe Tin Eats? No, I've heard about that. Yeah, Yeah. my sister-in-law told me about it. It's really good. Mm. Uh, And anyway, it says the secret ingredient in KFC chicken is celery salt. Mm. And so if you thing. Yeah, apparently it's quite hard to find, mm. but it is really good. So next time you make your, um, so it's got celery, salt, garlic powder, dried thyme, basil, oregano, mm. um, a bit mm. of mustard powder, oh, paprika yeah, and that. ginger, basically mm. a shit ton of herbs. Everything. Just go to your herb drawer yep. and just pour it, chuck all, it in. all in. Get some Not celery salt. Not the Chinese salt. five spice. Um, yeah. So anyway, wow. I'm going to post the recipe on our blog. Oh, yeah. My what, kids like loved on our, it, um... except it was way too spicy. So I'm oh. going to make it Did you find the celery the spice? The Ch- celery salt. Yeah, my so, mum used to have oh, it. You found it? Yeah. Where did you find it? It's just a Woolies. Your mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can also make you it. You said it was hard to find. Yeah, well, that's what the recipe says. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't hard to find for me, but maybe it is for other people. <laughs> so... <laughs> but you can also make it by just chopping up some celery and drying it out with some salt. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I won't be doing that. I'll be going to Woolies. Now tell me about Maggie Dent because that's enough um, I love me. that, Sal, and I'm going to buy that. Or oh, actually, can I just borrow that book? Yeah, you can. Or are you precious about the book? No, you want I'm not. Very, you know there's some books you want yeah, to keep on your I bookshelf? I felt like that with Caleb's Crossing. Oh, yeah, you don't I, loan it out? I don't loan it out. Oh. You can you can do this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fucking give it back. (laughs) (laughs) So you know who would be very keen to loan things out and care and share for all? Maggie Dent. Oh, really? Do you like the segue? I loved it. (laughs) So I have just finished Maggie Dent's latest book called Girlhood. Um, Maggie Dent is an Australian author. She's a former teacher and counsellor and known as a bit of a queen of common sense. Um, It's such a beautiful, compassionate read to be honest it's not um author or there's no sort of authority vibe to it it's far more um well, she was accessible. an educator as well so yeah she's got that education background she does but she's um, not preachy not preachy that's what it is she's drawn on nearly five thousand survey results and she speaks to a whole bunch of experts throughout oh, the whole book i love that yeah I it's beautiful it use research um She's just such a great special author. She's written quite a few famous books about boys, which I've read and really she's loved. She's a mother of four boys. Isn't yeah, she? yeah, and I've really loved those books. So this is her first sort of foray into the girl writing. She writes about this now because she's got granddaughters and she's oh, been watching how they okay. play. And I actually listened to a great podcast with her on Conversations on ABC podcast yeah and she talks about how she'd watch her granddaughter's um different sort of interactions there was this one moment where one wanted a biscuit and she she noticed that she sort of looked around she looked at her mom and she looked at her grandma and then was like "Mm." and then went over to her dad and said hey can I have a biscuit and she just sort of thought, gosh, girls operate so differently to wow. boys. Well, generally speaking, I mean, that's a, you're certainly no, painting course, everyone with the same because brush. Because I but... was wondering whether she'd written it because she's like, all kids are the same. No, she's not like that at all. She talks about how girls are quite complex, but also nothing to be feared. Yeah. And um, she but speaks very. they do very... operate differently. They do operate differently. She sp- speaks about beautiful things like um, 
Well, so firstly, she says in the very beginning of the book, she talks about girls and how their sort of genetic makeup makes them different. And she says, um, regardless of our brain wiring and our biological drivers, the most important work that happens to shape our little girls' minds happens after they are born. I like that. So it's sort of like nothing that they're so whatever happens to them is because we and their and their world has told them so terrible that is a bit scary um but also she can't be what she has not seen she says the best way to teach good manners and all things if you want her to speak respectfully you you have to do it yourself you have to model girls yeah that's how girls sort of absorb that information um however she delves really deeply into herself Wow. which I hadn't anticipated in this book because yeah. I've always thought Maggie Dent has has and always has potentially, had her shit I don't together. know, fully got her shit together. Yeah, same. So I've always read these books being like, God, she's just like how do you get born knowing all of this stuff? Yeah. So she so says. Maybe in, she's worked hard to know. She has. She says, when I became a mum, I remember choosing to be present and to be loving and as available as I, as I could be. Then one afternoon when my oldest son at two and a half was throwing a particularly spectacular tantrum, I swung around to hit him in the head, stopping my arm mid-flight with a hideous thought, oh no, I have turned into my mother. Mm. The single experience was enough for me to realise that I needed some help to be the mother I wanted to be rather than the one I had been mothered by. She talks about that in quite a bit of detail but then also isn't jaded about her own mum. She says while it was challenging, she was a great cook, a good sewer, a gardener, passionate bird lover, really intuitive and all of those things have made me the great woman and mother that I am today. Um, she also talks Just about without this. without the hitting. <laughs> without the hitting. She talks about. Um, this experience she'd had, which was um, uh, she tried to commit suicide, really. Um, she talks about how she hadn't really thought it through, but she was on a uni campus and had just thought it was her time was up. She All these things had not motivated her any longer. She talks about how she was quite saved by her sister, who was not the kind of girl that she was. She talked so much about being a tomboy and that her sister was always in pretty dresses with blonde curls and that now they are so close. And she talks about that bond between sisters and wow. says, you should say to your girls, you'll be best friends when you grow up. Um, and I thought, I've never thought that because I've never wanted to project that onto my daughters, that they should be best friends. Yeah. But what a nice thing to be able to give, to be given permission to say. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to, if that's something that you hoped for your child. Oh, yeah, I hope mine are. I love my sister so much. I'd say she's my best friend. Yeah. Not that you have best friends, but. Yeah. She is someone that will. Yeah, see, I didn't have a sister. And when I had my second daughter, so many people said to me, oh, how beautiful you've given your eldest daughter a sister. And at the time I was like, why are all these people saying this to me? It's such a weird thing to say. Kids are kids. Like I'm just having a family rather than I was never trying to have a sister for my daughter. Isn't that odd? Yeah, but now that I see them as sisters, I get it. funny because when I was pregnant, I desperately wanted my second one to be a daughter so you that knew. they could have yeah. a sister. Yeah, because you knew how good it was to have a sister. Yeah. Um, she also speaks, so she speaks a lot about that time from zero to eight. So there's a lot of focus on 
all those years that between oh, to be serious, <laughs> like late. between you and I, yeah, I was reading it like, oh shit, I hope. Well, I hope I did that till like, you're seven. Oh, it's I've over. still got time with her. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't know. Um, anyway, she does um do a great chapter on friendship, which I really loved for my own reflection upon yeah. my girls because they've had their ups and downs with different friendship thing, you know, just like all girls. And she says, you don't teach your kids; they don't have to be friends with everyone. They just need to be friendly. Um, they're going to go through bumpy times and it's not your job to get them out of it. You have to train them how to go through these problems on their own. Yeah, right. Um, and she also talked, in fact, as you just said, the best friend thing, she talks about how you should have good enough friends and lots of them rather than a best friend um, and that you're your daughter's friendship coach. So um, you can help your daughter. However, it's also good to have an auntie figure. Which is yes. really important. Yeah, yeah. Like I that's thought something that, that Steve Biddulph says. Yeah, I think uncles, as well. Yeah, having someone else who can take them out and yeah. go, you're, uh, you know, yeah, this is the way it goes, yep. or this is the way it doesn't. And then in that chapter, like she talks about teaching your children, your girls to have a friendship tribe or just general conversation skills. She's got some great oh um, give backs on how to do a comeback. So there's actually oh. lines in here to say, like, that's not okay. That's or, awesome. Knock it off. Yeah, it's really um, important. And then finally, actually, there was one part of this that I was quite surprised with that says, don't overdo the kindness message. Really? Which I thought was interesting. She yeah. says, if you do. So be friendly. Be friendly. Yeah. Um, we run the risk of encouraging our girls to be nice and good all the time. And then you feed into the mentality that girls need to be looking after others ahead of themselves. Oh, which yeah, is but you quite, don't want them to be a bitch. No, but the kind, like be kind, be kind. There's a lot of that. I think yeah, there is. She's just trying to say also be friendly be but don't put up with bullshit in the playground. Or like if you're or your friend are being put down, the be kind message probably isn't relevant. Yeah, that's true. Because often when you stand up for yourself, that's what stops the bully or, mm. you know, whatever. Yeah. God, it's such a complex ground. Anyway, she ends with talking about nature and saying – Mm. The more you can get out into nature and connect your child, your daughter to the world and all kids, I reckon, um, the better your child will, would be and that nature is one of the greatest healers. Wow. It's a really great book. I, mean, I, re- it I would, It's me. a five-star. If you have a daughter between zero and eight or oh my gosh, even ten, swap. 10 or 12. It's amazing. It's a really good book. Yeah, it's worth, you know, it's worth the whatever it is. What does it say here? Thirty five dollars. I'm sure it's on sale somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Book. So I didn't give horse a five stars, but oh, I'm yeah. going to give it a five stars. Oh yeah, it's a five starathon. <laughs> it's a five starathon. I love that. Now, in a bit of the uh, kind of teenage self help or and talking about girls, Madonna King has a book, L Platers, which, as I said before, um, Madonna King has interviewed thousands of girls is that quite new that book yeah I think mm. it's really new I right. think it's just out this month oh it's so new in my planning I was trying to read a review on it and couldn't find any oh so it can't plagiarize someone else's I was opinion. gonna say do you just so what you do every week <laughs> I actually couldn't find one for horse either which is why oh, I said oh, it's about a horse yeah. called do you know is that why name? you kept putting me off? Can't do it this week. I've got to wait for a review. Um, <laughs> the reviews will probably come out and be like, this is the worst book I've ever read. <laughs> uh, so L Platers, 
which is about how to support your teen daughter on the road to adulthood. Mm. And I just think that the issues that face our girls these days are so complex oh, and it's hard so to understand hard. as well. Uh, you know, just the whole social media thing, do you, don't you, how much, what are the limits, um, teaching them about them. One thing that she does say is, she doesn't say it in this book, but I've read it in another book where she said, in a different review that you were in, in a post. different review. Yeah. No, actually it was in a podcast <laughs> that she spoke about. So I was like, if I can't read a review, let me do a quick podcast. So she says that you wouldn't let your daughter be stand in front of 10,000 people in yeah. a swimmers. Yeah. And you yeah, don't know yeah. who those people yeah. are. Um, so just keep that in mind when they're posting mm. things on social media. And I think that's a really good message for everyone. Yeah. Um, but what yeah. she does say in L Platers, because L Platers is about post-COVID, what is what are the challenges facing girls, which I think is so interesting because mm. I've just been wondering what the mental health toll is on everything. She said that out of the 1,000 people that she surveyed, 700 said that their most immediate concern had something to do with mental health. Wow. It was their, their biggest worry. Uh, and the, then the good news is that she does go into saying what you can help do, um, things like practising mindfulness. Um, they need to stop, centre themselves and breathe rather than caught up in the spinning wheel that perpetuates anxiety. It was really interesting. She talks she about, say about the anxiety plague. What does she talk about um, as far as social media goes? Like does she say be on Instagram? Well, oh, she says there are limits. They should there are age limits for yeah, a reason. Right. Oh, okay. She's, but yeah, she also says you just lines. you need to educate them. Mm. If you're going to give them a phone, you've got to show them how to use it and what's okay and what's not okay. Mm. You can't just let them loose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so hard. God, you've got to really know what they're doing and monitor them and have really clear boundaries around it. Mm. Oh um, God, it's just. Like you've got to be on board with it, but you, there's got to be mm. some. You can't just let them go nuts with a smartphone. So if you said to me, uh, "Mum, can I have a smartphone or a dumb phone?" <laughs> I'm like, oh, "How about no phone?" <laughs> <laughs> I just love how oh, it's just she does it. Um, she talks a lot about growing confidence and growing leaders, mm. and not just focusing on the ATAR. Yeah, um, right. The gender agenda, which mm. is mm. very current mm. to the youth of today. Mm. And, you know, she talks about consent, she talks about party scenes. It's a really interesting book. Mm. I'm glad I'm not there mm. yet. Yeah, but well, I feel it'll like be I just there in need the flash. to read everything. And I feel like now that these are the times when you have to start like reading up on that before, yeah. it, before it hits, right? Like I found storm. myself reading this and going, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, it actually caused me like a plague of anxiety to land on my chest just even thinking what we're up against but I think as well like so many people who do this kind of research say the connection with your kid is just so important Mm. so check in I've actually got another book that I'm going to read which is by Daisy Turnbull which is 50 questions to ask your teens oh can you tell me how it goes yeah I'd love to talk about it on the next week yeah 
could yeah. only think of like three. So it's way like you don't say how school. Yeah. That's so what I'm, I'm going to read that book and I will do the how, how to guide. Okay, good. Can you read that? I've been seeing that out actually. Yes, great. Okay, good. I'll yeah, be tick, put that on my to do list. Let's list. talk about your immigrants. Oh, so um, I can't wait to talk about um, the taste of Tibet. But just before oh, I do, yeah. there's a couple of good books that I actually think are good gifts if you're in the market for a good gift book. Um, there's this great book that I read by Kate Grenville who wrote, famously wrote The Secret River. I loved that book. I loved that book too so much and she read a couple of others, I can't remember, sort of based off the back of that. They were also fantastic. I'm a really big fan. And so she's written this book called Elizabeth MacArthur's Letters and she wrote it because she had written a fictional version of about Elizabeth MacArthur called which you've read yeah I've read that it's called a room made of leaves yeah and I've not read that did you like that I did it took me a little bit uh to get into it and I did this thing that I've never done which I like I've actually never done it before but I was a bit pissed off because she kind of opens it saying um this is an incredible kind of story these are the the this is the memoir and I'm like is it really is it fictional or not Right. And so I skipped to the end where it said it is fictional. Oh, but see, it sort of wasn't because she'd sort of loosely based, based on... off some letters that she had found during her research for her previous books. Yeah. So now she feels almost, well, it seemed to me she felt like she needed to be honest about that book you'd yeah. read. Well, I must say I was a bit pissed. Were you? Which is why I flicked to the end and yeah. then I could go back to the beginning and go, okay, I know that this isn't her actual memoir. Right. Well, that's disappointing because I would hate to get to the end of that and be like, what? It's fake. And maybe she's responding to the general pissed offness um, <laughs> criticism of um, that book because this book is stunning and I oh. absolutely loved it. Um, it's quite new. She talks about um, having read a lot of Elizabeth MacArthur's letters. So Elizabeth MacArthur, as we said in the intro, was married to John MacArthur who pioneered the wool industry. Yeah. However, he spent like eight years back in England talking about, I don't know, and bloody wool and she ran it. Have- However, they do say the farm would have been run by some know-all who was a local but she was still managing that which is quite eight years like that's oh, not such a long couple time. of weeks I think she was like thank god he's gone and yeah there was a lot of that and he I think he was well I know I don't think Kate Grenville um, who edits the letters says he was quite a difficult character um, when they came over from England they actually moved ship in the middle of the ocean she and oh, that's right. He and their kid because he got pissed off about he was something. Having blues with everyone. 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 He was having a blue. He even had a blue with everyone on land, like back in Sydney Cove, mid Pacific Ocean. Yeah, they she had to change change boats. Yeah, can she, you imagine? Yes, and so basically a, kicked off. Yeah, he was such a dick. Yeah, and so a lot of her letters. So she publishes all these letters in this book, but she gives each one a little intro, like. Note that Elizabeth MacArthur is saying this when she's because she knows it's going to be read by her mother and her oh, father and her wow. or whatever, like other people in their little circle. So she's quite um, implicit about the details. She doesn't really say, hey, this bloke is giving me the shits big time. Um, 
Also, very sadly, towards the end of the letters, Kate Grenville um, gives insight into his deteriorating mental health and in the end he lives at Elizabeth Farm um, on the outskirts of Sydney uh, on his own just living out his days in a really sad way and she moves into Woolloomooloo with one of her daughters. They have heaps of kids, you know, a couple have died during childbirth or in their early years quite tragically but basically Kate Grenville says um, these letters have been lost for 200 years and they have come into her hands and she felt an obligation to be able to publish them and give them some sort of context. Yeah, great. It's really great. I, I, look, you read it for what it is. Um, you know, well, it's, it's not so like interesting. a rip-roaring. So, I love all history but I particularly love Australian history. So do I. And, look, there's some of these letters are to her best friend, her best friend's children, her son who leaves when he's, I think he's eight or nine, he goes to London with his dad to go to boarding school and she doesn't see him for I think one she doesn't oh, see again. And he was so young one, when he went. Yeah, like sevens. Yeah, so she writes letters to him. It's a really, it's a true story. So you can't help but be connected to that. Your land, your city, or your yeah. country. If you're Australian, and she really, mm. she was a phenomenal wo- woman. Yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, so I read that book closely followed by then I read that um, this great book by Catherine Mahoney, who's from England, came out to Australia. She's this. Um, she was a wonderful publicist turned writer and she's written this fabulous book called Currently Between Husbands. Um, (laughs) It's a great sort of quite really quite sad but funny and real reflection on divorce when you have a young child. Um, It's really honest. It's like reading a letter from your best friend to be honest. Wow. How young is her child? It's like, you know, tween-ish. Okay. she has this one piece of advice in the book actually where she says um, her friend said to her, there will be some weekends and some nights and some days where you don't know what time your child goes to bed, you don't know what they're eating, who they're seeing, but at least you know that they're with the person who loves them as much as you do. Aww. And I'd mentioned that to a friend just standing by the footy field. She asked if I was reading anything lately and I told her that quote. She has also recently split up from her partner and the nodding she was doing, she was like, yep, that's that's what it is. Um, so you've got to trust them. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Did she r- talk about um, what happens when your parenting doesn't align, like it, at his house? Um, not as much. I think they were quite aligned in that sense. It's more about her own personal okay. heartbreak, really. Um, can I read you this funny thing? Because you're going to think this is funny. She meets up with Katie Page, who's the CEO of yes. Harvey Norman at at some function. Who sponsors the teacher's pet. Yeah, <laughs> not this. And she'd spoken at this dinner and she said, I don't know how we got onto the subject of TVs, but we did. And she'd explained to Katie Page that she, um, that if she ever, ne- she, she said she didn't have a TV in her kitchen. And Katie Page says, if I ever needed a TV, I could get one from Harvey Norman. She asked where I live and I said the northern beaches of Sydney. And she said, Warringah Moor would be my closest. And I replied that I would rather get thrush then ever visit that mall again. <laughs> Everyone, including Katie, laughed at my usual oversharing. And to be clear, I said that because Warringah Mall is the sort of place where you need to leave a Hansel and Gretel-style breadcrumb trail from the car park to the shops. Like, you know, we've all been to those shops. So it's really hard to navigate. She says, now every time I get thrush, I feel like it's karma coming back to haunt me. 
Did she let Katie Page know? Got the rush. Um, and then she talks about like all the realities of it. She says, you know, like my friend would be like, you've got this when equally we knew I didn't have this at all. Um, Did that help? Did, was it helpful? I'm What? To her You friend. got this. Uh, no, I think, well, I think she's just talking about all the things people say when yeah, you're going right. through the split up and how Thinking you actually you, feel. kiss, kiss. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I tell you this other one, this is like pretty out there, um, but funny. She says, so after she's like out there drinking and dating and going to, oh no, she's not dating, she's like going to pubs and out with her girlfriends and her friends march her into the bathroom because someone had seen like her, she calls it her lady garden, <laughs> had begun to resemble a mullet. <laughs> Business at the front and party at the back, or in this case, more like a tail. <laughs> Everyone was mortified. So they had gone into the bathroom to sort her out. She said it was like a, the Bee Gees were doing a gig up there, full beard. <laughs> it was like Friar Tuck, bald in the middle, but a hair of ring. It is so funny and out there. This book, like, as she says, it's oversharing to the max, and it is, but it's sort of what you would need to read if you were out there dating yeah. again. Does and she talk about dating yep, again? Yep, she talks about dating again. She talks about the seesaw of emotions, like, I miss you, I love you, and I also just want to reverse over you. Um, <laughs> all of that. And then she says, like, to, you know, you'll – You'll skip meals and you drink heaps and you make bad decisions, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And it's a really, really great book. It's got a bright blue cover and it's got a picture of her on the front. She's pretty gorgeous. She is gorgeous. And I really would highly recommend buying that for your girlfriend who may need it. Yeah. Because it's a really nice, I'm going to give this to a friend. Um, it's it's the best friend you need when you don't have your best friend going through it. Okay. You know, it's that kind of oh, book. Oh, that's so lovely. Okay, I know someone I'm going to give yeah, that to it's as a real, well. Yeah, it is a really great book. Anyway, I feel like I'm talking for ages. So let's go from that to Dahl. Dahl. Hi, Dahl. G'day, Dahl. Every time I cook a Dahl, <laughs> my husband goes, oh, you know, you've heard it G'day, before. Dahl. Dahl. This is <laughs> My dad hated oh. Dahl. It was like, oh. Oh, so Tom doesn't think, my husband doesn't think it's a meal. He's like, yeah. what are we having with the dal? It's like I'm hummus. Like, the dal's the meal. It's like hummus. Yeah. It's like it's the what and what meat. <laughs> You've got to have a shitload of bread with it. Oh. Did you, anyway, did so you I made dal as an accompaniment to, I don't know, something else. So there's this, um, so anyway, dal aside, dal. The um, there's this great book. I really loved this book, Taste Tibet. It's by um, a food writer, Julie Kleeman, and um, Yeshi, he's from Tibet, and they talk about sort of their family now being so embedded Because they meet there, Tibet. don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. She goes, at, is that the bit you read? Yeah, that's yeah. the bit I read. Um, I she, the first few pages. Yeah, good. They lost interest. Um, I really love I really loved this book. I felt like it found me oh, at the right time book. of my life. Yeah. I just wanted something simple, nutritious, easy. I don't and, feel like it's that simple though. Oh no. Are you kidding me? You okay, I'll read you something. Okay, we'll get to that. But I really loved some of the stuff in the intro that said like um they talk about hot foods. And like body balance, <gasps> yeah. So they have hot foods, cold Which foods, is and a Chinese medicine. Foods. Right, thing. I didn't know this, but like I've hot got a friend who's like, studying Chinese medicine, and she's always like, "Oh, it's a bit cold." Yeah, like you're meant to have the cold. right food for the 
yeah. however you're feeling. So hot foods are like butter and garlic, cooling foods are like yogurt and spinach, neutral foods, p- potatoes, and it's all about keeping your body in balance. There's this beautiful – so this couple met um, in Tibet and, uh, and have maintained a very strong connections to the country. I think they live in London now and, and have a restaurant. they've got a restaurant called yeah. Taste yeah, Tibet. Yeah, same as the book, yeah. Yeah, Taste Tibet. Have I called it the wrong thing? Taste Tibet, whatever. You'll find it if you look up Tibet. They talk about in the beginning how um, one of the traditions is that you get this bowl for life. Oh. Can you imagine having a bowl for life? I'd oh, lose it in five I'd seconds. smash it. And it's made of two wooden pieces, a big bowl for the food and a smaller bowl oh, that doubles as a lid and a teacup. Oh. Yeah. And um, this bowl goes with you for life. And, do they, and does somebody you love hand make it? Mm, I'm you not sure, them? but it's a very precious thing that you are given and then you maintain and keep and look after. And it's very much about basically not like greed like you don't just hoe into heaps of food it's about eating in silence and being lucky enough to have something to fill your bowl (laughs) next Um, i'm gonna get into the iced bobos yeah (laughs) when i get home have some some ice cream um they talk about this beautiful prayer they read before they eat this food is the gift of the whole universe each morsel is a sacrifice of life. May I be worthy to receive it? It's quite a beautiful reflection on food. And I co- so there's a lot of um, beautiful food in here and beautiful teas and things. It's amazing curries though too and I felt like there was yeah. lots of dumplings. There is and that would, that's quite labour intensive for me. I'm not going to do dumplings. They also don't talk much about rice because rice was quite an expensive commodity in Tibet. So they really? don't, yeah, they don't eat much rice. Wow. There's lots of bread kind of doughs and dumplings like you yeah. say so I made this dal so easy um basically cumin garlic red onion tomatoes turmeric salt um a curry masala and then you just whip some spinach leaves through it and obviously lentils so Ooh. yeah it was really Did easy your kids eat it mm, Tom and I ate it it wasn't spicy. I wouldn't mind putting a bit of kick in, like a bit of a bit of chili. Um, but they've got some really beautiful recipes in there that I think my kids would eat. Like, look at that. That's called Dad's rice. Oh, it's basically so good. it's like fried rice. It's like a really simple fried rice with mints. Um, yeah. But yes, they do say in that recipe, rice is quite a unique. Oh, I'm going to make that. Yeah, Dad's rice. Yeah. So what's it's in it? It's going to be called Mum's rice, though. What's in it. Right, um, uh, so it's got basmati rice. Yeah. Apparently the trick is you make it and then put it in the fridge and let it cool down. I feel like yeah. I've said this before. Yeah. Red onion, minced beef or pork, salt, that. peas, butter and onions. That's it. I know, right? Like that's yeah, easy. That. You said this book was complex. What about the tea? There's like a nice no, cinnamon I just think it's sort the, of tea in there. The dumplings and, oh. They also talk a bit about like a butter tea. So actually, I think you put in tea bags. Actually, none of these recipes are difficult. They're really easy. I would find the dumplings a bit labour intensive. I think that's probably what you thought when you opened it. You oh, do you know thought, what I oh, wanted to make? Hard. I think I even took a photo of it to make the drunken chicken soup. Oh, yum. I might have made that up. Where is it? Because um, he does a lot of the hand-pulled noodles, mm. which I just wouldn't ever do. What's a hand-pulled noodle? Oh, like you make them yourself? Yeah. Oh, I would never do that. So white bread flour, three eggs, and oh, then no, thanks, ice yeah. cubes. 
Oh, yeah, the stir-fried veggie noodles. That looks amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I actually think it's a re- gorgeous yeah, book. revisit that one because it is a beautiful book. Can I um, tell you about my slow cooker yes, recipe? Yeah, do. So I found this in the Country um, Country Style magazine. Oh, yeah, I love June Country one. Style. Same. I love it. It won't surprise you that Matt has a subscription subscription to it. Mm. But it's pork, barley and kale stew oh. and like the kale, it's cooked so it's fine mm. um but you use pork spare ribs so good mm. um so you have a kilo of them and then you kind of fry the onions in 30 grams of butter so quite a lot of butter mm. to like caramelize but not really by the time that's sort of shared around that's yeah it that makes much, it, it gives it such a lovely flavor and then you just put garlic a uh, couple of potatoes some bay leaves pearl barley which oh, i love yeah, i love pearl barley then chicken stock um and some kale in the slow cooker yeah for four and a half hours you put the kale in at it the beginning oh so yummy no you put it in oh in at the end like yeah, half yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. i was before. gonna say that'd be mushy yeah yeah yum and then with some bread oh my gosh it's so good everyone ate it yum i've done a similar thing with steak and tom keeps <gasps> calling it stew i'm like don't call it stew it's steak um, that's Slow basically steak. What kind of cut? Of just steak? chuck steak. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I put that in with like onion. It's I double it, two kilo, butter, onion, garlic, tomato paste, chicken stock, Worcestershire sauce, Ooh. thyme, bay Worcestershire. leaf, Worcestershire. leaves, what? bit of Worcestershire. <laughs> what do you call it? Is it no? That's right. You it, say what it a is. joke. Oh, I don't know. It's a joke about. Is it a dirty joke? No, it's not even. Oh, it's not even. Are you proud? Yeah. Um, book news. Can I tell you some book news? Yes. Jane Harper has a new book called Exiles. Mm. You're not into Jane Harper now. You've no, gone. No, I do. Off I her. actually love her books, but they're all the same. That's my problem. So they're all set in Outback Australia, and there's always starts with a murder mystery. And oh, it's well, almost I was like going to read you the first line of it. Do you want to know the synopsis? It's like a formula. Yeah, yeah. Well, you ready? But it's a good book if you want to read something. You'll that's read well it. Written. I'll read it. Yeah. Okay. This is the this is the first sentence. Okay. Oh, I'm going to read you the first sentence. At a busy festival site on a warm spring night, a baby lies alone in her pram, mm. her mother vanishing into the crowds. Oh. Basically, then the then that guy, um, Aaron Fork, is it? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Aaron the same Fork? guy, yeah, the investigator. Yeah, he steps in, saves the day. I imagine. Um, you oh, excited about that book? Following. Following. I look. I'm not, but mm. I now that it's got a baby involved, I might have to read it. You know, interestingly, um, oh, like. In relation to that, I read this New York Times article about the book business and how it's harder for authors to get a run if you're not already known, which creates this sort of problem where we're never really reading from new people. Yeah. I thought that in relation to Sally Rooney, like we've read now three books from this cool, groovy, independent author. She is not. Mm -mm. She's one of the the pack, the best-selling. And often they have quite a big following before they mm. make the transition to be an author, like yeah, they're like a journalist Amazon or they're or, yeah. Yeah, they're an influencer. What or... a shame for us as readers that we never really get Oh, so you are going to say, like... what a shame for us as writers no. that we're never going to be published. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I agree. Mm. I mean, Jane. I remember when you'd read quite obscure books and like But then also if you're a publisher, like she's got a cult following. She's got mm. people that just eat up her books. Yeah. Um, look at, like you? Michael yeah. Robotham or whatever. Yeah. They're all the same. Oh my god, book a year. Yeah, two books a year. Yeah. Sorry, 
Just shutting the door. Like kids are all they're all coming in. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Do you know I've re- I've ordered a book called Quick and Slow, which I feel like yeah. that's just Sounds like some sort paradox of... that sums up what my is life. That? <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's quick and slow. <laughs> sort of like sex book or something. It's a vegetarian book. What does that mean? Quick and slow. So quick meals for throughout the week. Slow oh, meals right. for the weekend. Bit like our sex life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I've also got this book. Um, I've bought a book called Gardening for Everyone oh. that I'm going to use with the kids. We're going to do a veggie garden in the oh, holidays. Fun. Yeah, I'd like to do that too sometimes. So maybe because celery. I just spent eleven dollars on a celery. <laughs> celery salt. I'm like, mate, that's like, what about yeah, that? Yeah, put some lettuce. Iceberg in. lettuce. Yeah, that's so we're going to grow our own lettuce. Mm. So I'm going to report back. Okay. Um, so in our notes it says, "Would like to try the new cookbook Chinese." Oh, that's me. <laughs> What's that about? So in our notes, there's a new book called Chinese-ish. Oh, is that the name of the book? That's the name of I the book. Couldn't, no, it's a I cookbook. Sal's running out of steam. We've got to wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for your support. And can we ask you a favour? If you like listening to us, tell your friends, tell your book club, um, and maybe give us a rating if you can. Uh, as always, thanks to our loyal, lovely friends and fam who continue to support our passion yeah. project uh, of bringing some peace and happiness to our world of books and food. Yeah. We will chat again in a month. Yeah. Alyssa's going overseas, so she will have lots to report and have lots of time for reading. Yeah, well, we'll (laughs) see. And Sally will just keep on keeping on. I will. (laughs) I will. Might get a new puppy. Okay. Uh, Oh, God. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye. (laughs)